just to really have an issue where all the stories are by indigenous people, where, you know, compensating them like appropriately. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I think it's so important to provide an outlet for the story, local stories that sometimes get overlooked. Hey, I'm Laura Smith, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Martlet Pod. Produced in the studios of CFUV on the traditional territories of Lokwungen and Masonic people in Victoria, BC. This episode looks at the upcoming Indigenous-focused issue of the Martlet. I'll be talking to Boston, one of the senior staff writers at the Martlet and writer of the Native Student Union's News Unsettled column, who's been leading this upcoming issue as guest editor-in-chief. So yeah, thank you for taking some time to chat today. And of course, we are talking about the very exciting upcoming Indigenous issue, the Martlet, where you're kind of leading this issue. Um, And just to kind of get started here, would you be able to just give some broad strokes about what this upcoming issue is going to look like? Well, we have collected eight Indigenous writers who are contributing all sorts of articles from all different genres like i think we have like one news story a couple opinion a couple lifestyle um and it's yeah it's mostly just a collection of local indigenous authors um people who i don't think have a ton of experience or any experience with writing anything like this like um news or paper related but yeah we got a grant um from the city of victoria um enough to fund an artist to draw the cover art and then yeah enough to pay eight writers um we did that so that we could give them like you know a a good sizable amount of money Mm -hmm. for contributing Um, we really wanted to make sure that was incorporated so that it wasn't just a volunteer position but it was actually paid for for these indigenous writers to to contribute just to roll back a little bit, I was wondering if you talk about a little bit what you normally do at the Martlet and how you got started with them, because I know that you were working with the Native Student Union and that through the NSU is kind of how you came to be a part of the Martlet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I took over as the communications counselor. I don't even know how long I will go. was <laughs> now, like, like about two years ago. And for the first little bit, I actually had no idea about the News Unsettled column. I had Mm. heard of it, but I wasn't writing for it. I think at that time, Colin Sutherland Wilson was still taking on that responsibility a lot. And then just one day, um, Peter Underwood, the the office coordinator, was kind of like, oh, hey, um, just so you know, I'm going to forward you an email from Emily, um, the previous EIC. Um, You're going to write the News Unsettled (laughs) column. And I was like, okay, I had no idea what to do, and I had no idea how to do it. Um, and I did that for, I don't know how long, but my brain, you know, time doesn't yeah. work, for, especially <laughs> lately, like, Ugh. but like, I don't know, seven months or something like that. Um, and then when Kate took over as the EIC, she expressed an interest in meeting with me mm-hmm. and just talking about the connection between the Martlet and the NSU. It was never that substantial. Um, I would write the News Unsettled column and send it to Emily, and she would say, hey, thanks, and that was about it. Right. Um, so we met, 
And yeah, about a couple weeks later, she sent me the opportunity. She had sent it around to everyone saying, hey, you know, we're sending this out because you've been involved with the Martlet in some way. We have positions open. And I don't know. I just was like, I have no experience with it, but why not? I'm just going to try it out. Yeah, absolutely. So there wasn't, yeah. So the NSU and the Martlet, it hasn't been the longest relationship. It's kind of just been more recent in the last year or so where there's been a little bit more or. I can't really speak to how it was like when Autumn and Colin were writing the Mm -hmm. News Unsettled column, obviously. I had (laughs) really know much (laughs) about it. Just like for my role as the communications counselor in the Martlet. Yeah, there was not a very big connection. It was sort of. It was very limited. It was very limited. Yeah. Just like I said, here's the here's the column. Thank you. It'll be published on this day. See you later. <laughs> that was yeah. about it. Yeah. Fair. And just to like cover the bases of anyone listening, could you also just explain what the NSU is and what they do? Yeah. The Native Students Union is an organization run by Indigenous students for Indigenous students. Um, we do a whole bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do advocacy. We do on-campus events. Um, sometimes we work with the First People's House, like ICE, to put on events. Um, I mean, normally our room would be open, and it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of just like a nice, quiet study space. We have free printing and free computer use in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. really know. Yeah, just, <laughs> no, yeah, totally. yeah, just run by Indigenous students for Indigenous students. Great. And with that news unsettled column... Um, Are there really specific things you try to focus on when you're writing about it? Is it more topical, like depending on what's going on in the world? Yeah, there have definitely been times where I've known what I'm going to write for the column for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And some I write in two days because (laughs) something just happened. And I'm like, oh, well, I obviously have to write the column about that. Um, For the last little while, it's been more focused on like Indigenous issues around Canada. Mm -hmm. Like I've been talking about. I wrote one about uh, the Mi'kmaq fisheries. I wrote one about um, like the lady who died in Quebec mm-hmm. in the hospital and just kind of general health care, indigenous people, you know. Um, so I don't know. There's not really any one thing that I focus mm-hmm. on, just sort of whatever I feel passionate about in that moment that I decide <laughs> what I'm going to write about. Totally. Yeah. Going off of that... Where was the first spark for the Indigenous focus issue come from? Where was the conversation first starting about putting this together? Yeah, in August, I think it was. I don't know. I'm never, like, super good with (laughs) dates, but I think it was in August. (laughs) Um, Kate and I met up before I was employed at the Martlet, just as the communications counselor for the Native Students Union. And we kind of discussed... NSU Martlet relationships in the past, ideas of collaboration going forward, what sort of support. Um, and I think it was Kate that actually originally had the idea. Like I just kind of mentioned it. I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to run something by you. Like, do you think we could do something like this in the future? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and then, but it really, I guess, took off like in early September, mm-hmm. really late August when I was employed at the Martlet, we started really discussing, discussing how it was going to look, how many writers there were going to be. Um, but yeah, it was like just a random conversation in August. Did you have really specific goals that you wanted to meet or was it more just, this is something new, let's see what happens, let's see what sort of engagement we get? 
I think like somewhere a bit in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, I more, yeah, I just wanted to provide an opportunity for local Indigenous people to get involved with the Martlet. I think I, th- I thought it would be a really cool opportunity. I think Kate was of the same mind as me, just really highlighting local Indigenous voices and, you know, providing an outlet for them to tell the stories that they feel are important Mm -hmm. or that they wanted to tell. Yeah, and that's great. And so you said earlier that there's been like quite a range of different stories. So yeah, there's like, you said there's some news and like you kind of just allowed like a wide variety, whatever people wanted to write. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, we slotted them underneath Mm -hmm. kind of the different categories of the Martlet, but yeah, other like, I mean, generally, they were kind of had like creative license to do whatever they wanted. We just kind of helped nudge it into one of the categories. If the pitch was a little out in the open, we would just help them to really nail down a kind of a yeah category for their story to go into. Totally. And that kind of actually leads to another question of just like, again, like you said, um, a lot of the writers maybe don't have like the same newsroom experience or like, like this really specific type, because, you know, academic writing or other types of writing might be a little bit different than like writing for a newspaper. So um, how did, I know like some other kind of writers and editors at the Martlet have kind of helped um, shape the stories a little bit. I was just wondering if you talk about that process a little bit. Yeah, well, like for my role, um, most of it was receiving pitches and kind of communicating back and forth with the the you know, people who pitched mm-hmm. ideas saying, you know, maybe this point could be a little bit more clear. I got a lot of help with Kate in that respect, because this, yeah, it was a very hands-on learning experience mm-hmm. for me. So she helped a lot in, you know, I'm like, how could this be improved? I, I feel this way. And she would send me some suggestions to send on to the writers. Um, and yeah, we have a couple, like a, an editor and a writer helping uh, mentor writers, which has been very, very helpful. Um, and they, I, I mean, have just been there to kind of lend support mm-hmm. and answer questions if needed for the writers. And just, I, I don't know, I'm kind of disconnected from that. Like, I don't know how much interaction or how little there mm-hmm. has been between the, the Indigenous writer and the Martlet writer. I just, I'm not sure. Yeah, totally. And yeah, like like talking about, um, yeah, your role that you've kind of picked up here. How's that been? Like you're a writer for the Martlet, but this is of course a little bit different and like some struggles and successes, I'm sure. Yes, it is very, very different. (laughs) Um, I had no, like, I mean, starting work at the Martlet, I had no idea. And in this role, I'm realizing that I really had no idea mm-hmm. how much work goes into putting a paper together between everything like receiving pitches, editing, talking to writers, talking to the design director, like figuring out. Uh, yeah, it's it's been a very immersive learning experience. I bet. I, I, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But yeah, with I mean, I've had help support and a lot of encouragement from fellow writers and Kate and C, like the design director. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could have done it without them because <laughs> it has been, yeah, like never imagined it to be so, so hectic and 
just yeah busy like I don't know how else to put it yeah no fair it seems yeah very collaborative but yeah it seems like a very yeah. busy time <laughs> yes um did you receive quite a few pitches for this like how was the initial kind of reaction or engagement with your uh, first call out the first call out we got a few we, we had to kind of we were very flexible with mm-hmm. the, the pitch deadline and also the story deadline because you know at first people were sending in pitches we got a few and then we extended it and we got a few more um and people were showing interest but pulling out so yeah it was i don't know i, I would say we had more than enough absolutely but it was kind of all over the place because yeah. <laughs> lots of people had unpolished ideas and we would try and polish it and they would just, uh, you know, say, uh, maybe this isn't for me or, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, we, we got quite a few though. It, it's exciting. I was very, very happy to see the level of engagement we got. You talked about like how busy and hectic this is. Is this something you're wanting to do again? Are you, have you and Kate talked about potentially doing another issue at some point? Uh, nothing, no, no talk yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be open. Yeah, it's been, I'm looking forward a little bit to just, you know, focusing, <laughs> you know, the, the three articles a week yeah. now, you know, get back, get into the, the routine of second semester. But I mean, overall, it has been a good experience. It's a really, mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I've learned a lot. Yeah, I bet. Um, now, kind of like, I guess, shifting gears a little bit, um, with some of the pitches you received, were there any stories that like really stood out to you or you were just, you're very excited to have published? Honestly, and I mean, this might sound like a cop-out answer, but it's very <laughs> genuine. All of them. Yeah. They're all very, very different and very interesting. I'm really looking forward to read, you know, uh, how every single writer has decided to go about piece Mm -hmm. from the pitch I'm very I'm excited to read all eight maybe uh you could talk I know you kind of like touched on this um but I don't know if there's anything else you want to add just about um talking a little bit more about the importance of having like a really indigenous focused issue and kind of highlighting indigenous voices um especially like I think like I think back to when um me and Kate talked just before Christmas just kind of about like General Martlet stuff and I know she was kind of talking about how being this kind of smaller bi-weekly but more in-depth newspaper has this kind of chance to really showcase different things that your kind of daily news um might not be able to touch on and I was just wondering if you could expand on that a little bit yeah absolutely I really felt that it was important and it was awesome to do something like this. I mean, this might just be me, but I feel like sometimes the news can kind of feel like a bit of like a hostile place, (laughs) especially for like indigenous folks. So just to really have an issue where all the stories are by indigenous people, where, you know, compensating them, like appropriately, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I think it's so important to provide an outlet for the story, local stories that sometimes get overlooked. Like I wouldn't know about half of what I'm reading in these stories right now if it weren't for this issue. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just think it's it's really important to provide that uh, that outlet. Yeah, I can't obviously speak for all Indigenous Absolutely. journalism, but I mean, I know APTN, I don't know how long APTN has been around, mm-hmm. but 
a fantastic source of all Indigenous news, mm-hmm. and they do some non-Indigenous news as well. Um, I know that there was just uh, something started here on the island called, like, Indigenous News. Oh, like, right. that was yeah. really recently, yeah. like, December or something, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um to be honest, yeah. for me personally, as a, as a young Indigenous person, I've never really felt like media and news have been super welcome places, um, especially what was going on when the legislature actions mm-hmm. and the occupations were going on. I felt like that was a constant battle against <laughs> local news <laughs> to, uh, you know, for them to represent accurately what was going on there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I've never really felt like it was um, a super welcoming place. And that's why it's awesome to work here and be able to do stuff like the Indigenous issue because yeah. it's, you know, yeah, just just more uh, community outreach and, yeah. and involvement. Totally makes sense. So it's, you, you felt more of like, I guess, um, much more negative focus, especially from like the kind of mass media, your kind of bigger news sources where they're not like, talking to or actually having conversations and it's much more just like oh well they're doing this and that's not great yeah i don't um don't want to name drop but i will yeah name drop (laughs) away (laughs) and if you know if it's not acceptable you cut it out but especially places like ctv Mm -hmm. um and cbc like bigger news outlets like that it seemed like a lot of the reporters from those bigger news stations Mm -hmm. were coming with a very like hostile energy especially to the legislature occupation um yeah i don't it's it just seems very it's a very hostile relationship Mm -hmm. and it's very hard to get anything through to them (laughs) like i i know i like recall one um press conference that we had and I think it was Takai Blaney stood up and said, like, you know, we're not protesters. We're not protesting. We're standing in solidarity with the Wet'suwet'en. Mm-hmm. And then immediately on the news that evening, it was like, protesters <laughs> at the legislature protesting. What You know, it yeah. was just ridiculous. So, yeah, I've never felt it's uh, not a very amicable <laughs> relationship. Yeah, and it seems like it really is only those, like, big, like, protests or things that come up on the news absolutely like just reporting on things that are going to get people riled up (laughs) you know indigenous people people up in arms about ctv's like they're blocking the roads once again for nothing you know stuff like that just yeah gotta love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think um like something i've at least been hearing from lots of people recently and maybe you can talk on this as well is just like in general, Canada likes to pretend that they're a lot better than the states. <laughs> and oh. I think that's really been coming up lately. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of also related just to like giving voices in media. Cause like when you only talk about the negatives, then like there's like, oh yeah, this isn't great. And like, we are perfect. I feel like that's like a very common dialogue that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially after what happened at the, the Capitol in the United <laughs> States. Yeah. It's, it's very sad to see I I think I don't know you'd have to fact check this Mm -hmm. but I think I saw like a CBC article that interviewed um someone who supported what happened at the Capitol the insurrection and was really like you know we got to see both sides but (laughs) there is never that same attention when it comes Mm -hmm. to issues like the BC government you know forcing indigenous people off of unceded territory we're never looking at both sides Mm -hmm. there unless it's the other side that supports you know whatever is going on it's never you know yeah 
they're only nuanced when it comes to white supremacy and yeah. <laughs> racism, like, yeah. stuff like that. Have you had the chance to, like, connect with other, like, Indigenous journalists or writers in Victoria since becoming a bit more a part of the Martlet? No, it was when the Indigenous issue started, we were trying to reach out to Indi- but. You know, I think it's just a busy time for everyone and haven't really got much connection. Um, MJ actually just recently yeah. uh, sent me like a Facebook group that he's a part of that's like, um, I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's specifically for like BIPOC journalists mm-hmm. in Canada, um, not just on the island, mm-hmm. but all across Canada. So oh, cool. yeah, maybe, maybe eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you ask me in like a few months, maybe I'll say, yeah, actually, uh, this person, this person, but yeah, no, yeah, not we'll as of right back. now, not right now. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. And um, also, I wanted to ask too, like, I, this is very related to what we've been talking about, like, but, like, I know you were talking about, like, CTV and, like, the really big um, news organizations. Is it, like, the exact same problems with all the local papers as well, or is it, like, a little bit better? Well... <sighs> Yeah, well, like the local news stations, it seemed like at first they were really mm-hmm. playing into the same stuff the bigger networks were. And, you know, eventually over time, as the actions went on longer mm-hmm. and longer, there was changes in terms used mm-hmm. for, like, I, I don't know exactly what they changed from protester. They changed to something a little more neutral yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. So, the, yeah, there has definitely been, I've seen a change mm-hmm. in local news, yeah from what it was before that's good yeah i mean i guess going forward is i mean of course you've talked about lots of things you'd like to see change are there like really specific things that you're like if you saw this in more newspapers tomorrow that would be amazing well just yeah more indigenous writers and more (laughs) you know involvement from local indigenous writers whether they have tons of experience Mm -hmm. with journalism or they have none i would just like to see more indigenous voice voices being amplified mm-hmm. and you know local news really providing an outlet for indigenous people yeah because <laughs> it's yeah <laughs> it hasn't really been in the past so no. it would be amazing going forward if there was more and more of that yeah and i'm sure the issue extends upwards too where it's like not a lot of indigenous like managers or editors and oh, like so yeah. on and so yeah on absolutely so on. yeah yeah not just writers but yeah um and is there anything you'd say to maybe someone who's listening or considering, um, yeah, trying to write or, yeah, trying to bring a story that they feel really passionate at? I would say go for it. I mean, it seems really intimidating. I mean, sometimes I'm still intimidated Mm -hmm. and I've been working here for the last, what, like four or five months. (laughs) But the, like, the staff, whether it be writers or editors or other staff at the Martlet are all so lovely. And they will help you and it they make it really easy to write so i would just say go for it because this is probably the best place that you can go to get started mm-hmm. even if it's just a general idea that you want to do it's a breath of fresh air yeah <laughs> to be in a story meeting and not hear oh the same the same old same old comments and yeah just it's it's nice mm-hmm. that i can actually tell that the other staff and the other writers and the editors at the Martlet really take, like you said, local connection seriously mm-hmm. and accountability to the local community. It's really, it's really nice and really refreshing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there anything you think we've missed or you really want to talk on? I don't think so. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I'm really excited to read this issue. And uh, yeah, I think it's just such a cool opportunity. So yeah, thank you for talking well, about you. it today. Stories shared in this issue include UVic's Pacific Institute for Climate Solutions has launched the Living with Water Project, connecting researchers and those seeking solutions to rising sea levels such as local First Nation governments, municipalities, and both the federal and provincial government. Currently, neither the federal or provincial governments have a plan for coastal flooding and rising sea levels. The team will be conducting case studies of flood adaption projects already in place and then developing frameworks for more coastal communities. Collaboration between the First Nations and municipal communities that are feeling the effects of this climate change and the provincial and federal government is a big focus of this. One aspect of this is the use of UBC's Indigenous Research Support Initiative. This provides structure for developing protocols and ethics, mutual accountability, and ensures that all parties benefit from the research. Tracy Underwood shares her family response to COVID-19 sleeplessness through sleep meditation. Gaining recording of this meditation in Sakotan has also provided an opportunity for language revitalization. Here is a short clip from that meditation. I Ren Louis shares some of the history of potlatch ceremonies of the new Chalnuth people, from pre-colonial contact up to the digital ceremonies of today, thanks to adapting to COVID-19. These are just a few of the stories shared in the upcoming issue. The Martlet is printed on Thursdays, so you can check out all the stories at martlet.ca or pick up the newest issue from any of our locations around Victoria, including at Munro's Books, Union Pacific Coffee, Hillside Thrifties, and around the UVic campus, like in the sub. The Martlet Pod is recorded in the studios of 101.9 CFUV. Check them out at cfuv.ca. Thanks for listening. I'm Laura Smith.